Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg as always, and today we've got a few interesting stories. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Nintendo removing their uh, content creators program, which is excellent news, but um, why it belonged in the first place is, <laughs> is, is a mystery to us all. Uh, that was basically a program they created to monetize or make money off of uh, YouTubers' Let's Play videos. And then we're going to talk about the uh, FTC is going to be looking into, quote-unquote, looking into loot boxes as potential gambling. Uh, if you don't know what loot boxes are, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> but if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we're not a fan of, of loot boxes. But are they, are, should they be government regulated in video games? And we'll talk a little bit about that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the fallout 76 debacle and no i'm not talking about the game and all the issues that's actually wrong with the game we're going to be talking about the 200 dollars collector's edition and how it didn't include what they originally said and how they keep going back on it and changing things and we're going to talk about that whole debacle <laughs> and it is a lot uh so buckle in uh we're going to get started right away uh, so to begin today we're going to talk about now is this all messed up? Hold on. See, you know what? That's how it always goes. I thought I had it all set up, and then all of a sudden my web browser window is all, uh, all huge. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> uh, man, why is this all? You know what's funny? This is what's fun about a live podcast, everybody, is you got everything set up. It's all working great. And then you go to switch to YouTube, and it's broken. So... Let's move the man. We got a whole bunch of bad, bad mojo happening here. Um, okay, let's get this out of here. Who cares about that? Let's get this out of here. Let's get this out of here. Okay. So to begin today, the first story we're going to be talking about is the removal, the end, of the creators program from Nintendo. So if you don't know, back in 2013, all of a sudden there was this mass claiming of revenue on YouTube Let's Play videos that had featured games from Nintendo, uh, specifically stuff around the Wii U, uh, Super Mario 3D Land, Luigi's Mansion, uh, New Super Mario Brothers U, and basically they had just been mass claiming. Now, that's different from mass flagging uh, as to where they weren't trying to get the videos taken down. They were just saying, if you want to keep this video up, if you want to monetize this video, you have to put our ads in front of it and then we'll get the money from it. And so you're like, well, you know, and, and I, I want to talk a little bit a little later on if we get through the specifics. I want to talk a little bit about like if that was OK from Nintendo. Like I do want to get into that thought process a little bit. But before I do that, I want to kind of finish with all the, the facts and removal. And so, you know, this is what had happened. Nintendo had done this mass revenue claim. And this was Nintendo's quote at the time, quote, for most fan videos, this will not result in any changes. However, for those videos featuring Nintendo owned content, such as images or audio of a certain length, adverts will now appear at the beginning, next to or at the end of the clips. We continually want our fans to enjoy sharing Nintendo content on YouTube. And that is why, unlike other entertainment companies, we have chosen not to block people using our intellectual property. Uh, as part of our ongoing push to ensure Nintendo content is shared across social media channel, uh, channels in an appropriate and safe way, 
We became a YouTube partner, and, in, and as such, in February 2013, we registered our copyright content in the YouTube database, end quote. So that was what Nintendo was saying. So basically, they were saying, we're going to do this to protect the kids. There's going to be a theme in this podcast about protecting the kids. We got to protect the kids. So what they're basically saying was, we're doing this to protect the kids. And uh, so in, in protecting the kids... Let's talk about the actual policy. So here they do note that it's obviously ending in the end of December, so we know that now. But at the time, this was the information on Nintendo's official website. The Nintendo Creators Program is a service designed for people who post videos to YouTube that contain Nintendo intellectual property, including gameplay videos. Advertising revenue for the those videos is currently sent directly to Nintendo, According to YouTube rules, video creators that sign up for the Nintendo Creators Program will receive a percentage of the advertising proceeds. 70% if you have your entire channel monetized, or 60% for just straight videos that you choose to monetize. For any registered YouTube channels or videos containing Nintendo copyrighted content. The key points. Nintendo Creators Program is currently available to residents age 18 and up. A YouTube account and PayPal account are required. Once signed up, register either specific videos or whole channels. And lastly, a portion of the ad revenue from your registered videos, 70% for channels, 60 for videos, will be deposited back into your PayPal account monthly. So, again, it was for the kids because they wanted to make sure that, that no kids you know, would be harmed by, you know, Nintendo content being used the wrong way. Was it <laughs> or was it about the money? And now, again, we can t argue and we can talk about if Nintendo has the right to do this. And you might be surprised at how I feel about that, but we can argue about that. But it's disingenuous, just like it's going to be later when we talk about our other topic. It's disingenuous, though, to hide behind the shield of for the kids. I think that's really just, that's not why you're doing it. You're not, you, you didn't monetize people's videos and take the money for, that they were making on these videos because you were worried about the content being delivered to kids. That That's not what was happening. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. It, it, it just wasn't. Just say it. Just say, you know what? We're a company who thinks we should make money off of people making videos of our games, and we want to cut of that. Just be honest about it. You know, it's the same thing I talked about with the GameStop video. It's like, don't hide behind that your employees wanted it. Own it. Just own it and say, you know what? We got killed last Black Friday when we didn't open early, so we're opening early so we don't get killed again. Okay. You know, I mean, you can at least respect the honesty, you know? And so then, though, it leads to the end of the program. So this news, and, and you know, a lot of news always breaks. Like, I do this podcast once a week, and a lot of news breaks, like, a day after I record the podcast. So this kind of happened this week. A lot of this stuff is technically old news to a lot of you probably, but it's our topics of the podcast this week because it's that time of the week and it's how we do it. So this was announced on November 29th. So it was a Thursday of last week. End the Nintendo Creators Program and information about new guidelines. Quote, we are ending the Nintendo Creators Program to make it easier for content creators to make and monetize videos that contain Nintendo game content. We will no longer ask creators to submit their videos to the NCP, and creators can continue showing their passion for Nintendo by following Nintendo's guidelines. The NCP will come to a close at the end of December. Please note we're no longer accepting videos or channels. We will not review any that have been submitted but not yet registered. The NCP website will be taken down on March 20th, 2019. We appreciate and encourage the continued support of content creators and thank them for their dedication to helping us create smiles. And again, <laughs> nothing about, hey, it's okay, we're not worried about the kids anymore. It's nothing to do with the kids. Never did. 
and that's fine, but just say it. Say you wanted the money. I can respect that. I can respect saying you want the money. I can respect the money. Um, so now that you, we, we've thrown it out there, I think it's a good thing. I think anything that helps content creators not feel so restricted is a good thing. It leads to more creativity, I think. However, did Nintendo have every right to claim this? That's a tougher question. So let's talk about a couple things, and I don't even know if I can necessarily give you my answer. I can just kind of give you the, like, I can only give you what we, the, the, the ecosystem that we believe in, you know, the ecosystem that we live in. That's all I can really tell you about, and then maybe my, as I'm explaining that, maybe then we will start to see my opinion come out of that. But basically... It's tough because with Let's Plays and with Twitch streaming becoming so popular, you you could argue that people watching people play games is preventing them from them buying the games. And I think that's fair. Uh, I have people come into my store and I'll say, hey, did you play the new Red Dead Redemption 2? Not a Nintendo game, obviously. I know. Just bear with me on this example. Oh, did you play the new Red Dead? And someone will say, oh, yeah, I played all with it. It was awesome. And then they stop for a second and then they go, well, I mean, I didn't play it. I watched, you know, um, Smokes Gamer 420 play it. And, <laughs> and and he said it was just, and I really had a good time watching it. So there are people who equate watching the game to playing the game. It is, it happens. It's, it's accurate. I witness it almost on a daily basis. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you like to watch games more than you like to play, and that's fine. I mean, that's not that much of a change from back in the day. Like when my I would watch my brother play games, and that was as fun for me as playing, although he wouldn't let me play because he was playing. But you know what I mean? Like I did get enjoyment from watching people play games. And so that's nothing that's changed. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you like that, I'm not criticizing anybody who likes watching Let's Plays. But I think it's fair to say Nintendo could make the argument that they're losing out on revenue because people are watching people play the games instead of buying them themselves. The problem is you can't you can't correlate that to an exact amount. You can't say, well, we guarantee we, we know we lost ten point two billion dollars in revenue because uh, this streamer played the game and he had ten million viewers and all ten million of those people wouldn't buy the game because that's not true either. I talked to also talked to many people because this is what I do. I mean, I talked to. Uh, gamers all day and you know i talk to people who say oh i watched this person play it so i picked it up and i like it but i don't know if i like it so on the flip side of that there's people who bought the game because they watched someone play it and it's kind of evident now in in how embraced uh twitch streamers are and they are used as an advertising tool so it seems that most people now are most companies are starting to understand that it's more beneficial for them to actually encourage streamers and let's players as opposed to trying to stifle them and so you know that's who you have to watch because essentially if the companies aren't worried about it and the companies are using it to their benefit then it clearly has benefit i mean they they do market research like this is what they have complete um cubicles and offices of people dedicated to figuring out this information and so it, was Nintendo allowed to? Absolutely. I, I do think it's something similar to the case of like them shutting down ROM sites. You know, they're of course allowed to protect their intellectual property, but is it smart? Now that's another question. Um, I, I, so let's, let's answer the first question. Are they allowed to? Yes, I think they are. And I, and I think that you can get irritated and frustrated with Nintendo and a lot of its policies, but I don't think it's fair to say that they weren't allowed to, or that they shouldn't, you know? So that, that's what I think about that. But now, is it smart? Is it pro-consumer? Certainly not. 
is it uh, is it anti-consumer? Eh, maybe because if people can't find videos that they want without you know the ads, or maybe they can't, maybe YouTubers won't play those games because they can't monetize them. So the game's getting less uh, reach, less public reach. So then that might hurt the game sales overall. So that's not good for the company. That's not everything. But again, you can't, you can't, like, there's no way to prove this. There's no tangible evidence of how much money you could be potentially losing in either scenario. And so it's, I guess it's a gray area, you would say then, but really it comes down to the company's decision and the PR aspect of it. Let's Plays and YouTube or and uh, Twitch streaming has become so popular now. It's really not smart to buck the trend. And I think that's what Nintendo's realizing here. Now, also, there's new leadership at Nintendo from 2013. So that could just be a new, this new philosophy of we need to get out of the old ways, get out of the we set the precedent for everything and that we're, you know, the, the, the fact that they don't understand the online and they don't understand the community and their fans. They want to move on from that image and they want to get into this more user-friendly image. And I think this is a part of that. I'm sure it was also logistically a nightmare. I'm sure they had a bunch of people and a whole office full of people who were, you know, looking into people's, uh, because if people weren't doing their whole channel, if they were just submitting videos, could you imagine how much work that would be to have somebody check every video to go through the guidelines? Someone at Nintendo saying, okay, oh, well, this guy dropped an F-bomb twice. He's out. Can't do it. But you have to watch a 30-minute video. I mean, some Let's Plays videos are multiple hours. So you have to watch like a three, four-hour video just to see if, you know, now, again, maybe they have software for that. Maybe they can detect bad words. Maybe they just go through the YouTube algorithm and say, you know, hey, YouTube, did they use any bad words? You process this whole thing. The algorithm can can understand all that stuff. And maybe that's how it worked. Maybe So maybe it wasn't as difficult as you think, but it, it just seemed like it'd be a nightmare. You have to register with Nintendo, and then they have to pay you, and then there's PayPal fees, and then they're dealing exclusively with PayPal. So it, it was a mess. And so I'm sure that was also part of it. But it's good to see, especially with the popularity of the Switch, Nintendo, instead of tightening their grip on things like that, they seem to be loosening a little bit. Um, but again, is it necessarily, are they not allowed to? I, I have a hard time getting there. You know, is it, I mean, a lot of things are, are not pro-consumer, but they're, they make sense from a business standpoint. I don't think this makes sense. I mean, them canceling it makes sense from a business standpoint. Them having it never made sense to me. And uh, I thought that was really, really crappy of them just to be the only one doing it. Like if it's part of a trend, like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they all say, you know what? We don't want anyone making videos of our games. That's a little bit different. But when you're the only one and not only do you want to edit the content, it'd be different too if they said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to monetize those videos and then take them down if they have bad language. I think that'd be different. If they said every Mario video, if, if anyone ever swears in a Mario video, they want it off of YouTube, you know. But then again, we're getting into the debate of if I'm playing a game on YouTube like I did with Castlevania and on other ones on my channel, if I'm doing Let's Plays like that and I'm playing it and commentating at the same time, is that enough of a transformation for it to be considered my content at that point? And, um, you know, and that's a tough question. That's still something that people are working through. And there were lawsuits um, with, I, I want to say, H3. H3 had that big thing where he was using video clips from other channels and then talking over it and talking about how he transformed that work into his own and that made it, you know, allowed to be done. And and again, I want to say he, he won that lawsuit, but, you know, it's still a little different when you've got, like, you're playing a game of someone. I mean, it is different. Whether you think it is or not, it is different. And how a court could how a judge in a court could look into that and how they could perceive that could be different uh, in different ways. And you don't know. But 
I, I think for now it's a good thing. I'm going to, I'm going to say that Nintendo was allowed to do it. I didn't like it when they did it, but they were allowed to, I'm glad they're reversing it. And, uh, and, and which is funny because, you know, with their recent tightening of the emulation thing, you'd think that they would more recently tighten things like this too, but it's weird what they're picking and choosing as their priorities of what's important. And again, that's about new leadership and that's just how it's going to go. But a very interesting take. I thought, uh, I'm glad they're doing it. It's, it's done now. They're ending it at the end of the year and then people can just monetize all their own let's plays. Now, what'll also be interesting to know is if they're releasing all of the videos. So will they release all of their monetized videos over the last five years? Will they give them back to the creators or will they continue earning a hundred percent of the profit once that they end this program? You know, I'm, I'd be very curious to see how, how that goes. Um, but again, that's, that's what it is. Content, uh, the creators club for Nintendo is no more. All right, let me fix up my videos here so I can, I got, I got my web pages. I have so many web pages open for the Bethesda thing <laughs> because there's so much, but next we're going to talk about something else. <clears throat> All right. And then next up, on the podcast today, we're going to talk about the recent news. This was from November 27th that the FTC will be looking into loot boxes. So, uh, on the website broadcastingcable.com, there was a sh very short article that just said, uh, and it reads as such FTC pledges to investigate video game loot boxes by John Egerton, November 27, 2018. Joseph Simons, chairman of the Federal Trade Commission, pledged to Congress Tuesday that his agency would look into video game loot boxes, which generate ongoing revenue from online games via virtual items that can be bought, say, new or more powerful weapons. Uh, Senator Maggie Hassan, a Democrat from New Hampshire, said that such revenue generators were predicted to be 50 billion business by 2020. She said that loot boxes are now endemic to the video game industry from smartphone apps to high budget releases. She said children may be particularly susceptible to such purposes. She also pointed to a UK report that 30% of kids have used loot boxes in video games, which could correlate with problem gambling later on. She said it was time to investigate the boxes to make sure kids are protected and to educate parents about potential addiction. Simons joined by all the commissioners committed to quote, undertaking this project and keeping the committee in committee informed about it. Uh, Hassan was following on a line of inquiry by Senator Ed Markey, a, uh, a Democrat from Massachusetts who got assurances the FTC was looking into issues he had raised about in-game purchases in kid-targeted games, including one he cited where a character continued to cry if a child did not make a purpose, a purchase, excuse me. <laughs> I don't know what game that is, but that's hilarious. Uh, Simons assured Markey that he and the agency were concerned about manipulative in-app marketing and what it was looking into or likely would look into various allegations against Google and others related to kids content, including the Google's YouTube, uh, in, including that Google's YouTube asserted that its toy review for the kids channel was not targeted to kids and thus subject to the children's online privacy protection act, which Marky authored two decades ago. So that's the, that's the story. Uh, we got, let's see here. And then obviously destructoid covered it. Didn't talk much more about it. This is about what I just read. Um, so there's not a lot on this, so it's not just necessarily rep uh, reporting this story as much as it is wanting to talk about the entire thing. And so this comes into, 
uh, protecting the kids. Remember we talked about that earlier in our last segment. It was, it's all about the kids, protecting the kids. Um, and so let's, let's get into it. So first I want to say loot boxes in full retail release games are terrible. Okay. I don't like the business practice in a full retail release game. I don't like it. I never have. I'm a, I'm a big time opponent of loot boxes. I have no problem with that. I have no problem saying that. I do not like the practice in full retail release games. I just don't like it. Um, in free-to-play games, I think it's a viable way to make money, and I think it's fair. And I think as customers, we're allowed to say, you know what, we don't like it if the game does it too abrasively. So for instance, I've played online games like Dungeon Fighter Online, and I've, I've played um, Punch Punch Kick Punch, and they all have microtransactions like that, but they were all cheap games or free games one and two it didn't disturb the game too much uh dragalia lost like i feel like you can play almost that whole game without needing to purchase anything but if you really like the game you can and so that's you know so that's what it is so i have a problem with loot boxes in full retail release games i have less of a problem with loot boxes as a way to make money on free to play or small app purchases and i say this as an adult like i'm allowed to make those decisions as an adult so I don't want to say, I don't want to say that all loot boxes are crap. I don't think the practice is bad, but I think the application by some companies has been bad. Probably Battlefront 2, uh, Shadow of War, some of the initial ones that like were really big ones from last year, like those are still bleeding over. But in a game like Fortnite, you know, I'm sorry, it's free and it's giving you hours of enjoyment. They should be able to monetize that somehow. Uh, when I when I played Rocket League initially, it was free on Plus. And I loved that game. I played it so much, I felt bad. So I bought the game physical when it came out. One, for the collection, but two, because I thought, you know, I want to support these guys. They did great work, and they deserve some money for that. And and so that's kind of my, my take on loot boxes. Um, the other take that I have, which is something I've been seeing more and more lately, is is hiding behind the kids. And so if you don't like loot boxes, fine. I, I don't blame anybody who doesn't like loot boxes in any form. If you don't like them in free-to-play games, that's fine too. I don't care. You know, you don't like loot boxes. I don't like them for the most part. We're in agreement on that. But when you don't like something, to try to find any excuse as to why that thing isn't good, I think is disingenuous. So to, to pick up this and say, I hate loot boxes, and now the FTC is going to look into it because it's gambling because it hurts kids. I don't like loot boxes because they hurt kids. That isn't why you didn't like loot boxes before. Or let's be honest about why you didn't like loot boxes before. If it was always because you were worried about gambling and kids, well, okay, but we're talking about rated T for teen and rated M for mature games that had that in there before. Not all loot boxes are in those, but that's what I'm talking about with Shadow War and, and Star Wars Battlefront 2. So if you didn't like them there, it didn't have anything to do with them being accessible to kids. It had to do with you not liking them, and that's okay. But don't hide behind this and say the whole reason for doing it is because of the kids. I think that's a bad take. I think that's not that's not genuine. You're you're being you're you're not being honest about why you don't like it. And my second take on that is that I think the government coming in to regulate any industry like this is not a good thing. Now I'm, I'm, I'm not crazy in, in saying that there isn't some regulation needed. In fact, if companies would be responsible, if businesses would be responsible, you would never need government oversight. But unfortunately, you've got companies that say, you know what, it's cheaper to dump our waste in the river that's upstream from a town than it is to pay a company to safely dispose of our waste. So we're going to dump it in the river. And then so then the government has to come around and say, well, you know what, 
all the people in the town are getting sick. So you can't dump your stuff in the water anymore. Okay, well, so we won't because it's against the law. And so it would have been nice if someone at that company just said, you know, we don't want to get people sick down river, so we just won't throw it in the river. These, but a lot of times, as companies are, they're profit-generating machines. So they're going to do what they're allowed to do within the law, and sometimes outside the law, but mostly within the law, to benefit themselves as much as they can, to create as much profit as possible. So that's why you have to have some sort of government intervention sometimes. And I hate it. I really wish that like people and businesses would police themselves. That'd be in a perfect world, right? You wouldn't need police either because nobody would shoot somebody. Nobody would steal from somebody. That's not how it works, unfortunately, in this world. So to, to say that you, I, 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 you want government regulation in your video games, I think is a very bad idea. We went through this argument back when the ESRB came out. And thankfully, video games jumped on the wagon right away to try to police themselves before the debate got too far out of control with, well, we got a, you know, we got any maturity games, it should be illegal to sell games to kids. I remember that was that was close to being a thing, closer than a lot of you probably realize. It was close to being a thing. Make it illegal to sell maturity games to kids, which would mean you walk into my store, you walk into a GameStop or any other retailer that has video games, and you're 17, someone doesn't check your ID for a video game, that's mature rated, that person could get fined or go to jail or however the severe the penalty would be. You know, just like if you go into a store and you buy alcohol and you're underage, the person who sold it to you gets in trouble. They were trying to shift responsibility like to the retailers, to the, to the distributors essentially, and, and not to the creators. But what this is doing is th this would essentially have the government regulating what can and cannot be in video games. Now, this is going to sound really strange because he's, He's been very controversial as of late, <laughs> to say the least. One of my favorite game designers of all time. I mean, the dude works hard. He's got great ideas. David Jaffe is one of my favorite game designers. He's he's recently, he's on hiatus from creating games right now. And he's, he's really hitting the internet hard. He's really liking doing live streams, videos, and YouTube. And he's really picking up some controversial topics. I applaud him for that because a lot of what he's going at isn't easy stuff. But he was a target because he came out and said things like, he basically said that he doesn't want government regulation in games. That was the, the base point. And in trying to explain that, you know, he was trying to say, like, I don't want, you know, the government regulating art, which I can respect, actually, quite a bit. But the problem is, is that then people take that and say, oh, you think loot boxes are art. Loot boxes are game design. I mean, well, that's not what he was saying. But, you know, anyway, he, he, he stepped into this minefield. Um, and what I like about him as I watch his videos and stuff is he's willing to listen to other people. He has people call in to like his live streams. It's great. And he'll debate people like no problem, uh, about it. And I think that's really, I, I respect that a lot is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not here kissing David Jaffe's ass. You know, I like the guy. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't like his take on everything and we've disagreed on things in the past, but I'm with him here where we don't want the government regulating what can be in a video game. Because look at some of the stuff that's already in games that seems to be okay. You know, I hate to throw the, the scapegoat out there, but Grand Theft Auto V. Grand Theft Auto V has some of the, like, it, I think there, there's, like, torture in that game, if I remember correctly. And don't you, like, like you, like, cut a guy's balls or you, like, squeeze him in a vice or something? Or you, I, something like, like, there's a torture scene where you do that. Um, I, I'm not going to do the, the bullcrap trope of, oh, you can pick up prostitutes, then take the money and kill them, <laughs> kill them prostitutes. Well, yes, you can do that. I'm sorry, everybody, you can do that. But that's always what people go to when they try to argue why GTA is bad, when there's infinitely worse stuff in the game than that. So you can already, so so what if, um, now, if, if 
they throw it on there and they say, okay, if, if you've got gambling in your game, let, let's try to break this down because it's not like they're part of the argument. And I know I'm going to hear this from people. Part of the argument is that kids shouldn't be allowed to gamble because in our state they can't. I want to say the gambling age here in Wisconsin is 21. It's not even 18. It's 21 unless they've changed it. But when I was 18, we used to drive up to, uh, Michigan where it was 18 to gamble. So we'd go to Michigan to go to the casinos. And so if it's 21 and they say that these games have gambling in it, that means that games that have microtransactions and gambling would be rated adult only, which if you know anything about adult only games, there's a reason why many don't come out on consoles because those consoles don't allow it. So that's the first part. Stores won't carry it. So you're not going to be able to get that. You know, maybe on Steam because there's plenty of adult-only games on Steam. But as far as like a console or anything like that, you're you're restricted. So if you do that, and then you're okay with the means justifying the end, because you're okay saying, well, you know what? If it leads to all loot boxes being taken away because companies don't want to have their games shelved because of it, then it's worth it. And I and I don't know if I can say that. Because, and I hate to use this term because it's used poorly in other instances, and I don't feel I'm using it poorly here, is that it's a slippery slope. So let's say that they decide that gambling is adult only, and they have to put an AO. Like, if it's ASR, if the ESRB, I mean, they're, they're an entity on their own, so they decide what they want to put in there. But if the government literally comes out and says, if your game has loot boxes and it's considered gambling then your game cannot be sold to anyone under 18. You're going to have to put a special warning, most likely, on the package. Most retailers won't carry it, and that game's dead in the water. So you're saying that that will cause companies to say, okay, no more loot boxes. Like, that's what you think, right? You think that it'll cause companies to not do loot boxes anymore. But in actuality, what's going to happen is they're going to find a way around it. They're going to offer the same sort of thing. Maybe what they'll do is they'll have you do microtransactions, and then you get to buy whatever item you want in the store instead of it being random. I mean, is that better? Yes. But would you would you allow the government into your medium to start editing your art and media so that you can not have loot boxes be as abrasive? I think that's I think I think it's overreaction to the problem. I think it's over you're overcompensating for a problem that's not really that big of a deal because let's get real. What you what you hate isn't that kids might be gambling. What you hate is loot boxes are a pain in the ass. So again, it's just, are you willing to do that? And then here's the problem with the slippery slope. Now we're saying, what happens when someone goes, you know what? I think if there's any murder in any game, then that game should be for adults only. We already do it with gambling. You know, murder's illegal. You know, it, it, I, I think if anyone's murdered in a game, it should be adult only. So then... <laughs> okay so then you've got games like grand theft auto so now you murder tons of people in that game so does that mean either they're not going to make another grand theft auto because it'd be too impossible to make that game fun without all of that stuff or are they going to say okay well maybe they make it digital only you can only download it from rockstar and you have to sign up and say you're an adult or something Either way, that's not good for the industry. That's not good for the business, restricting content like that. And so that's kind of where I'm at on this whole FTC thing. I think government intervention should be an absolute last resort when the industry isn't policing itself. I think this industry polices itself fairly well, but I would like to see the ESRB go back on what they said earlier about loot boxes because they have come out and said that they don't consider loot boxes to be gambling. They're not going to, like, they're going to, they put it on, I think, 
I did a story about this like a, a six months ago or something where it was like they put a, a little tag saying that there's in-game transactions or something like they've added that to the ESRB descriptions. But they're not saying if a game has, you know, the ESRB would be better in this instance than anything else would. Say, if you have loot boxes that are random, your game's going to get a mature rating for gambling. And then the recommendation is that no kids should play that game. And then if a parent wants them to, it's fine. But that, that, should, that would be more realistic. I also don't really like that because I don't, want, I don't want that to be the change. What I want to be the change is us as consumers. I want us as consumers to say, we don't buy microtransactions. We're, we're not going to support it. So if we don't support it, then they won't do it. But the problem is a lot of people do. Look at a game like Fortnite, which again, I don't think is a bad thing to have microtransactions because it's a free-to-play game. But Fortnite makes hand over fist. It makes more money than full $6 retail games because it has microtransactions and it's free. Now you could argue that it's making so much money because it's free and accessible on like every device known to man and woman. But... It, you know, so so that's right. So I'm with David Jaffe on not wanting the government to step in. I think that I, I think we have to really stop and think. And if you think it's that the means justify the end. Excuse me, the ends justify the mean. I said that wrong like three times. I don't know where my brain's at today. The uh, the ends justify the means. The means justify the ends. You know what I mean? I feel like an idiot now um, <laughs> because. If that's how you feel, I, I can't agree with you on that. I can't get on board with that. And I less government oversight is always a good thing because while you might like how they handle it now, it doesn't mean you'll like how the government handles it in the future. And yes, it's a you know, I would argue it's different than uh, a company dumping water and poisoning people, but I could see people on the other side arguing against that and saying, you know what? But they're poisoning our kids' minds with gambling. You're like, okay, I mean, I, I guess I can't. I don't have kids, so I sure. I'm, <laughs> I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come at you that. I mean, I'm just saying that this is what I feel, and uh, and I think we just have to really take a step back. You, let's let's police it ourselves. Let the industry police itself. You do not want the government regulating your industry unless it's really really bad and out of control. Whew, I, got a little, I can't believe I said the ends and means thing wrong like 10 times. The, the end justifies the means. The means justify the end. Huh, I think they're kind of the same. The end justifies the means. The means justify the end. So I guess if I said it that way, it was fine. If, if the mean justify the ends, I guess that would, uh, that would be wrong. But anyway, who cares? <laughs> um... Let's see. Okay, well, this camera is off center still. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, so let's let's do this. <clears throat> All right, moving on to our last topic then today on the podcast. To put it lightly, <laughs> this destructoid uh, title said it perfect. People are pissed about the quality of Fallout seventy six Power Armor Edition, and Bethesda's apology gift sucks. <laughs> that's All right, let's go home. Just pack it up, everybody. Pack it up. That's it. Um, no, so. Uh, there is a whole lot going on here, so let me let me try to figure out where to start with this. So basically, uh, Fallout 76 uh, has been disappointing, to say the least, to a lot of people. I actually quite enjoyed it. I've been playing it with my brother, and we're having a lot of fun with it. And we haven't had many bugs, but whatever. Don't worry about it. Uh, but this has nothing to do with the game itself. This is about the 
$200 Power Armor edition of Fallout 76, which included a T51B Power Armor helmet that was wearable, including a, quote, Canvas West Tech duffel bag meant to store the helmet, amongst other things, like some glowing figures and I think a map or something. Let's see if there's a picture over here. No, there isn't. Okay. And so it was a $200 collector's edition with a wearable helmet. So, okay. And includes a canvas bag. So, uh, here, let's see. Here's a picture of, okay. Well, thanks a lot, live, te- li- live podcasting. Um, but here, let's see. Okay, so here is, <laughs> here is what was pictured compared to what was given. So here's this really nice canvas West Tech Power Armor bag. Looks really nice. Looks like a real duffel bag. <laughs> and look at this sad sack of garbage bag. <laughs> it's what it comes with. So this reminds me of the bag that uh, our our uh, fake Christmas tree is stored in in the basement. It's just crap. Um, so, so people are pissed off about it. Uh, mostly probably because the game sucks and so they're already irritated and then when you get a collector's edition where it's it's junky you're not happy about that uh so uh what happened though was let me try to find the thread here because uh this reddit thread kind of put it all together and i wanted to talk about let's see um there there was because it started off where some people were complaining and then bethesda kind of came out and said where was it here? I want Bethesda basically came out and said, we're sorry. Let's see. Is it this one here? Um, let's see. They're offering already. So, uh, well, first of all, uh, when people started complaining, they were offered, if you messaged their tech support, they were offered, you were offered 500 atoms in game, which equals $5. <laughs> so they were saying, Hey, we're sorry. You don't like the bag. Here's $5 of in-game currency that costs us literally nothing. And now some people were going a little further with that. And were saying that they were offering that because if you accepted that you were accepting that they took care of you in this instance, and you wouldn't be allowed to sue them over false advertising or something like that. Uh, and the, the advertising on the website says canvas carrying bag. Like this is what it says, you know, and it's, and if they had said, you know, and, and who knows, maybe there is an image here. Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's like a little image that says, uh, you know, subject to, you know, changing or whatever. Cause that happens a lot, you know, that happens a lot. Um, so then somebody contacted Bethesda. This is really hard to read. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to bear with you here, but uh, let me zoom in here. It said something like, we are sorry. You aren't happy with the bag. The bag shown in the media was a prototype and too expensive to make. We aren't planning on doing anything about it. (laughs) That was a Bethesda literally from, or that was an email literally from Bethesda. Now Bethesda responded to that and they did say that that was, that was uh, like an outsourced uh, support person who didn't accurately, you know, um, didn't accurately portray what the company was trying to say. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see here. There was, and then there was this one where it was, thank you for Condi Bethesda Consort. My name is Nicholas. Be happy to help you. Due to unavailability of materials, we had to switch to a nylon carrying bag for the Fallout 76 Powered Armor Edition. We hope this doesn't prevent anyone from enjoying what we feel is our best collector's edition yet. Now, some people are arguing that if you bought it just for the bag, then who cares? 
then you shouldn't like like I think that's disingenuous. Okay, they advertise something. Now the bag wasn't the selling point. The selling point was the helmet. But come on, you said the bag was canvas. I mean, you know, like don't lie about it. Say you know what, the, we'll, we'll include. Why didn't they just say we'll include a carrying bag? You know, if if they thought it might be that hard to get. So anyway, so this that's the story, right? So the story is Bethesda comes out with a bag that's not how they advertised it. People get mad. They initially get offered 500 atoms, so $5 in-game credit to shut up about it, basically. People aren't happy with that, so they keep pushing. And then a few other things start to come out. Like, uh, for instance, there were people, like the internet does, who went digging and, and found that those uh, canvas bags could be purchased for as cheap as, like, a dollar or $2 a piece if you bought them in, like, a $10,000 or 10,000 unit load <laughs> so okay so that's really that that really sucks um because it really wouldn't have been that expensive to make it but they said that they didn't have the appropriate materials so you're like okay well maybe there's a canvas shortage so with the canvas shortage they were unable to do it now most likely what happened when they said that was when they were preparing the collector's editions maybe the company they went with was behind on their orders and so to get the collector's edition out on time they had to include that bag and they had to go to a cheaper material Okay, like I understand that. Like we all understand that that can happen. However, you need to be honest about it. And I think if you had, if they had come out and said, you know, due to manufacturing issues, we won't be able to include your canvas bag. We're now changing it to a nylon bag. Would there have been blowback? Yes. But if you do that proactively, there were so many people who wanted that collector's edition just for the helmet. Anyone who canceled that, they would have been re-pre-ordered by somebody else waiting for just the helmet. It would, they wouldn't have lost out on anything, and it may have irritated some people, but if you give them the option to cancel, just let them do that. Why not, you know, if, if that's how it was, where they knew this before the production of the collector's edition, which would be my guess, because you don't, you don't find this out after, you know? It's not like they, oops, we made all nylon bags instead of canvas, and then someone's going to be like, oh, no, well, let's just put it in there, you know? It, it's not how it works. They knew about this months and months and months ago. So you'd think that'd be the end of the story, right? So then, you know, you'd think that'd be it. Now, the good thing is Bethesda has, um, this is what they replied to about that Bethesda store support member who said that we're not doing anything about it. <laughs> um, the Bethesda store support member is a temporary contract employee and not directly employed by Bethesda or Bethesda Game Studios. We apologize to the customer who took the time to reach out. The support response was incorrect and not in accordance with our conduct policy. Unfortunately, due to the unavailability of materials, we had to switch to a nylon bag for Fallout 76. We hope this doesn't prevent anyone from enjoying what we feel is our best collector's edition yet. Um, and then they went on to say, Bethesda, and here we go, Bethesda now, oh, well, that's just a support page. What a bunch of dinguses. I hate when it happens like that. And you're like, okay, so let's see. Well, uh, anyway, long story short, I can't find the million pages I have open to try to get this out. Bethesda will now, if you contact them, if you contact their support, they will give you a canvas bag. So they're going to ship it out. So that canvas shortage is officially over. We can all rest at ease, everybody. The canvas shortage of 2018 Whew. we wrote it out we got through this together so that's good uh and then you're like that's it right okay so this all happened they messed up they fixed it it's all good right nope <laughs> nope <laughs> here's what happens next so then the internet does what it does man I, I love the internet because it will dig i hate the internet sometimes and i love the internet sometimes this is what i kind of love about it they will dig for instance this article on Eurogamer that came out uh, from Vicky Blake, 
on uh, <laughs> was on, on December 1st. Turns out Bethesda did make Fallout 76 canvas bags and gave them out to influencers. <laughs> so, hey, if you were going to play our game early and you were going to talk positively about our game and you were somebody who could help us market, hey, baby, you get a free canvas bag. Now, is that really a surprise? No. I mean, they have to put money into advertising and marketing. They were sending it to in influencers and basically giving them the nice bags. And so this was a picture of the bags. Now, this wasn't the bag that was necessarily supposed to go to the Fallout 76 Collector's Edition people. But when they looked up this bag online, where was that? Uh, yeah, so then this bag here, someone looked up and said, you can get this as cheap as $2.68 to $4.55 if you order 500 So imagine if you ordered like 10000 how cheap you could get these for. And then just slap a Fallout logo on there, baby. Just slap it right on there, baby. And then what? And so you, your collector's edition would have lost 2 or $3 a piece? All right. So again, not the same bag they were supposed to get, but this was the bag they sent to the influencers that, that, that they wanted to impress with their game. So they cared more about impressing the people who were going to be sending the game out to people than they cared about the actual customers getting their product. And, and I think that shows a fundamental shift in Bethesda's thought process. And it's amazing how companies can go from highly touted to like gutter trash in the course of a month or two we've seen it with blizzard recently over the last few months where they were just they could do no wrong to they can do no right and now bethesda suffering from the same thing like these were this company was so loved that they released buggy trashy messes of games every time they come out and people were just fine with it <laughs> and people were like that's bethesda for you they just make buggy games it's so big you can't not have bugs in it I guess, you know, but we, we, there's a part of us that, that is allowing this to happen because we're, we're okay with letting companies get away with something until it's too far. So we're letting them push the boundaries of decency and then eventually it's too far. So we shut them down and that's what happened here apparently, but it also happened because the game wasn't good, uh, as good as people wanted it to be, I should say. Uh, so Fallout 76, if it had been an incredible killer app, would people have even cared about the canvas bag? I don't think so. I really don't. I think that this was a bigger deal because of the failure of the game when I think most people would have been fine with this. So uh, so that now seems to be the end of this whole debacle. And it sounds really silly, right? Because this is another one of those things where, and this is something I talked about a couple weeks ago. But so when these people are saying that they want this camp, where are all of the news game journalists where are all the game journalists saying these whiny entitled gamers think they deserve a canvas bag Urgh, they want a canvas bag they want what they paid for <laughs> so it, it pisses me off when people are hypocritical right you can't say that something that's important to one person but it's not important to you then they're being then they're being crybabies and they're being uh entitled they are entitled they bought the they bought the game. They're entitled for the stuff that was supposed to come inside. Okay? So let's just entitlement. Okay, I'm kind of sick of hearing that word all the time. You are entitled to things when you buy them. <laughs> it's it's not <laughs> I just don't know I have to say that. I don't know why I have to say that all the time. People don't get that. But here's the thing. Nobody is saying Fallout 76 fans are entitled for wanting the bag that was advertised. 
because Fallout 76 is the hot new target to tear apart. So if you're going to call someone entitled the next time that they bought something and didn't get what they asked for, didn't get what they wanted, and if you're going to call them entitled, think about this. Did you think that the people who bought this were entitled to it? And what's the difference? Is it because this one had a, a website advertising? Like, like for instance, okay, let's, let's talk about No Man's Sky, for instance. You know I love to rag on this game. No Man's Sky. Okay, they promised. Sean Murray said in interviews things that were going to be in the game that were not in the game. That's no different than Bethesda putting on its website that Fallout 76 would come with a canvas bag instead of a nylon bag. There's the same thing, except one was in print and one was said as an advertising thing. Same thing. Why were gamers who didn't get what they wanted on No Man's Sky, why were they entitled? But people who want their canvas bag instead of nylon are not entitled. It's, just, it's, it's incredible to me, the, the hypocrisy in that opinion. You know, if, you're, if you think that people are entitled to get what they pay for, are, are entitled because they want what they paid for, then you better do it on every single time someone complains about something they didn't get. And you can't skip on something like Fallout 76 just because the game itself is something that you didn't like and that you were ragging on. That, that's the sort of hypocrisy that, like, it drives me nuts. It, like, fires me up so bad because this is something we have to be better at, especially game, game journalists. You know, you like my air quotes. Here we go, game journalists. These fly-by-night bloggers who are just like, this is, it, it, you're entitled, you, you know, because I love the game and you don't. Just because you don't like it, you're entitled to, to that. You're entitled feeling like it should be different for you. But they're not saying that now. They're not saying it with this because they agree with it. This feels feels hypocritical to me. The hell do I know? I'm probably being hypocritical by going on this rant right now. Ah, who knows? Anyway, appreciate it. That's all I had to say about that. And I, and everybody, that is all I have for the podcast today too. So that uh, that got a little fired up at the end there, a little more than I thought. Um, but man, that really pisses me off. <laughs> like I really, really, really get irritated by by uh, by this whole entitlement argument. It's like it's just really frustrating to me. Um, so anyway, I appreciate everybody for listening and watching as always. If you are listening to this on SoundCloud, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, go to the podcast app, search for game talk radio, look for the little Sprite with me wearing my shirt. Uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes, we do have a YouTube channel where I break up the podcast into smaller segments. So if you'd like to watch videos and, and actually follow along with the articles I'm reading, you can go to youtube.com slash drop rate. Uh, or if you type in the drop rate and just look for the uh, yellow and gray logos you can follow me on twitter i'm at game trade greg greg with two g's at the end uh let me see let me bring it up here because uh uh, uh well never mind i can't never mind i won't i won't do it no it doesn't matter because i'm not uh, i'm not putting this on anyway game trade greg on twitter follow me on there i tweet pictures of the cool stuff that comes into the store and also my opinion on some of this gamer stuff and uh as always i so appreciate you guys listening and watching Sub on YouTube if you can. Follow on Twitch. We're the drop rate on Twitch. Uh, we do a, a weekly podcast every Monday night. I did that last night with Jeremy, usually Jeremy, Jordan, and I. Uh, and then if you get to our channel on YouTube, Jordan's doing some great first looks at some crazy indie stuff you've probably never heard of before. So it kind of open your mind up to some different stuff. And, uh, and of course, I've been doing, I've been trying to do a lot more retro rewind stuff. So I played all the way through Castlevania 2, played through uh, Turtles recently, played through some other stuff. So a lot of fun. Uh, but again, as always, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it so much. This has been Greg. This is Game Talk Radio. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.